Welcome to the Midnight Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Ethan Bennett, alongside my fellow co-host, Tyler Sinnon. We're both entrepreneurs who are learning, growing, and building our own businesses, and our goal is to share our experiences and knowledge to help you grow and become a successful entrepreneur. Strap in. Before we get started, if you have any questions or things you'd like us to cover, you can email us at themidnightentrepreneur at gmail.com. And if you'd like us or if you'd like to join our business discord where we talk about wins, uh, business problems, general questions, shoot us a message and we will get in there. We'll get you in there. Tyler, how's it going? I I threw that into the intro a little bit because we always forget to do it. But if I finally typed it, I knew I would do it. There you go. I like it. I did. I did also. Since you did that, I did also want to just you know thank everyone that does watch. I know Jorge watches because he does message me a little bit and ask questions. So if you are watching, if you are listening, we do appreciate you watching and listening. If you want to share it or share it with a friend, if you do find any value or if you enjoy it, that would be great. But we do appreciate you tuning in, listening, and watching. Yeah, we really appreciate it. It does not go unnoticed, especially as we're just in the beginning and starting up and growing. You people in the beginning matter mm-hmm. uh, more than listener 12,000 here in a year or so. That's true. That's true. It's all it's all about the start and just getting that ball rolling. So we do appreciate all of you. And yeah, so what's going on with you? Not a whole lot. Uh, we're obviously back in our virtual setups now, Tyler. It's a little bit goofy. Had to rearrange the room uh, since there's not two chairs in here anymore. But um, yeah, not a, not a whole lot. Uh, as far as some business updates since last time we chatted, uh, it feels like it's been a while since you've been here, but it's literally been, what, uh-huh. four days, maybe five days? Um, Something like that, yeah. But yeah. Not, not many. As far as, as far as updates go, uh, working right now on a, a project, large-scale project from a company out in LA that's going to be flying here to North Dakota. That's been a little bit of a learning curve. They want to shoot on a Red Raptor and... I personally don't have a Red Raptor. I don't know anyone that owns a Red Raptor. So we're trying to figure out the logistics of that as well as the logistics of me personally figuring out what this kind of shoot entails, such a high quality shoot and big production where they're flying people in. So I'm still kind of working through that. Um, First employee starting next week. Sorry, go ahead. You got some questions? Why do they want a specific Red Raptor? I don't know. That just must be their preferred camera of choice that's what they shoot all their projects on when they're in la so (laughs) i was thinking of the truck (laughs) no no it's a camera oh oh okay yeah okay gotcha so they want to shoot on that camera must just be you know it's a high-end cinema camera obviously i reached out to a couple people that i know own reds i thought one company owned a red turns out they sold it so that kind of sucks and then the other company that owns Mm. a red never answers when i message them so you either have to call them and see if that's available or see, you know, what we can do as far as some other sort of camera we can shoot on. So uh, dealing with that. And then first employee starting next week, actually that's in huge. person. It's only going to be for two weeks. And then he's leaving to Paris for two oh, weeks. Yeah. And then he'll be working with oh, me. Wow. Man's already on break. Exactly. He's like, oh, that's two, that two weeks is going to take a toll on me. <laughs> when do I get my vacation time? Yeah, I'm like, you get it right away. I'm going to give you two weeks. And then if I hate it, I'm going to send you to Paris. Um, so no, yeah. he's starting next week. And then uh, he'll be working through me with me through the end of August uh, until school starts up again for him. Uh, and that leads into the final thing is Asana. I have started to implement Asana. I might still switch to Monday.com. I'm not sure exactly. Just because Nick... Uh, from the VBA uses Monday and he can answer any questions I have, but I'm really liking Asana right now just for project management Mm -hmm. and being able to click the process of where every client's at. And then I can also have my internal marketing to-do lists and uh, any of that kind of stuff, the personal brand stuff. So 
started implementing that, really liking it uh, so far. And it's, I think it's kept me on task a little bit better because you can set which days you're working on what. So I just go in there and say, okay, what says, you know, May 9th, what says today on it and start accomplishing those tasks. So really starting to like that, but I just threw a lot at you, Tyler, what's going on on your end. Yeah. I just had a question on your first employee. How'd you end up finding him? Is he friend? Is, did you interview him? Did you go through a whole process? No, he's, that he's a friend. So he's been my friend for quite some okay. time and that's why working on a limited basis, uh, really, he's just going to be taking over a lot of the pre-production stuff and then internal stuff. Uh, so really just get those mundane tasks off of my plate uh, and, and go for that. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see with a friend working for me, how that goes, but I yep. don't think it should be too big of an issue because he's not in a super, uh, involved role. And I think mm -hmm. he's willing to do whatever I throw at him. Yeah. You do hear stories about friends joining you for your company and they just take it for granted and they just don't put in that full effort because they think you're a friend and they don't take it seriously because it's work or it. So it'll be interesting how it plays out Yeah, because it, it is your friend. It is. I'm I'm interested to see that too, but it is, you know, they're pretty easy tasks I'm giving him like, Hey, script out 20, uh, talking head videos for Instagram. Like I can literally just tell him, go on chat GPT and come up with 20 ideas for me and get it ready for me to film. And then, you know, yeah. um, same thing with clients. If he, if we need 20 real estate ideas, come up with 20 real estate ideas, we can pitch to him. Uh, if I need to have him start throwing call sheets together with schedules, um, looping into some emails, that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, they're pretty easy tasks. If he can't handle that, then I don't, I don't really want to push him a bigger role. Yeah. I feel like you're pretty picky on that. So it'll, <laughs> that'll also be interesting because I feel like, I, I think you talked about someone doing it for your three dudes podcast and they ended up doing the notes once and it was before you guys started rotating. But I think you said that you weren't really impressed with it because you didn't want to do the notes every time. I th I don't know who it was, but yeah, yeah. And that's that's the thing we'll where see. I've made that change since then is because I do want things to be a certain way. And this weekend, I'm actually going to sit down and record SOPs, so standard operating procedure videos. So if he says, you know, this is the task I have to do, I can't remember how to do it or what it's supposed to look like. Uh, he can go watch this mm -hmm. video of me pretty much doing it and explaining it. And then things are the way that I want them to be. Now that's going to take a little bit of time time up front, but it'll be good to have mm -hmm. like, hey, here's how I want the notes. There should be a hook, call to action, and a middle part, and I'll go in there and adjust it. But really, the formatting is what I'm looking for to be consistent, because I'm a little bit OCD with my notes, and I've learned that people don't really take notes amazingly well. Uh, so as long as I have that mm -hmm. SOP, I can. And if he's like, I can't remember how to do it, I'll just say, go watch the SOP. We'll be there good you to go. go. So yeah. Awesome. So yeah, obviously for me, I'm back home. I was planning on doing that trip in two days and I was going to stay in a hotel. And when I, when I was just driving, I was like, I didn't think it would, I'd be able to get home so soon and I'd only be a couple hours away. And the thought was I'll stay in a hotel and then I'm going to meet up with a buddy that I've never met before. I met him through YouTube. I was going to meet him up the next day. And the way logistically, it just didn't seem good because I would have stayed at the hotel. I would have, the, the plan would have been picking a hotel that had food and eat there in the breakfast. And then I would have drove like an hour and then I would have been going out to brunch with him. So I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to complete this trip. And yeah, so I got home pretty late and right back to the grind. I so no hotel around. 
no, straight home, got home around two and my body ended up waking up at five. It wasn't a great day, but I got the gym, got a work, run in and diet still on point. Got a little bit of work done, not much. Got some scheduling for TME podcast clips out, but Sunday was just kind of a wash, I guess you could say, just because like I, I was so out of it and I just didn't feel like doing anything off like a couple hours of sleep. But we're back to the grind, still doing the day one videos. Haven't stopped that. That's been consistent. And I sent you a picture the other day of this AI tool that's on my website and it's with the tool builder, website builder. And I wanted to create a story brand, the book, and I asked it to create like a story around it. And then it started out once upon a time. And I'm like, oh man, we don't really want that on the website. Yeah, right. So yeah, I'm starting to use the AI. It's helping me a lot. I'm just putting it in for like filler. And I'm going to go back through and just filter through and just touch it up and put it in my own words, just just so I have content right now because I'm struggling to just get content on the on my website because that's I struggle with that. That's probably one of the, one of the weakest areas I am. And then I also saw a video the other day. It was just talking about your time and its most valuable asset. And I never really thought about this, where you're spending your time. And he basically what he said, there was three different areas that he would spend his time. One was in the gym to improve his physical health, his mental health, whatever. And then the other was reading books to improve his uh, mental whatever. And the third one was nutrition. So he was spending his time all there. And I never really looked at it that way. I just kind of did it. And that was just what I did. So I ended up buying a food scale. (laughs) Now I'm weighing my food all the time. And it was funny because I'm trying to you saw I'm a little bit low on my carbs, little low carb diet. Keto boy, I'll <laughs> and start for, calling you. I'm not on keto. I'm I'm low carb, but I I had like two scoops of rice. It was like the smallest scoops for dinner tonight because I didn't want to eat too many. It made me realize how many carbs I was eating because before I would have like a freaking plate full, and that two scoops of rice ended up adding up to about 200 calories and like 50. 50 carbs. So I was like, man, I used to have like 10 times the amount of what I just had. And I can only imagine that was probably like 500 to 600 calories, what I, what I used to be eating. So yeah, that's what's going on with me. We're trying to stay consistent every day, one day at a time. Are you trying to like lose weight or why are you limiting yourself to only so many calories, only so many carbs? I wouldn't say I'm limiting my calories. Like the other day I had over 3000 calories today. It's just, I don't know. I just want to, I've watched videos on restricting carbs and how carbs boost your insulin and it can drain your energy. So I'm just trying it out because I've never really done it before. I've wanted to try keto in the past, but I never really got around to it. So I'm just trying low carbs, seeing how it goes and also intermittent fasting at the same time. So it's just, your body. It's just videos that I've watched. So I'm just trying something new, trying something different. And at the same time, it's just discipline to just be able to say no to a certain craving. So until you get around a campfire, baby, then it's s'mores, then it's s'more <laughs> city. <laughs> see, see, that's why I had it all, all then. So I, I got it all out of the way, but I've been, I've been craving pizza a little bit, but I, I don't know, maybe like once a month I'll have like a cheap, cheap meal. We'll see. But uh, I've been, it's been what, like two or three weeks now that I've been doing this and I've been doing really good so far. So Yeah, I'll I'll have so an extra so piece of pizza for you. 
Consider it a let me know how it it a gift. It's like a reward. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. Uh, No, that's good. It's good you're staying disciplined, especially with day one videos and uh, food scale again. Discipline in all areas of life. Good time to plug Mm -hmm. our (coughs) excuse me. Good time to plug our discipline episode. Did we have one of those? I think something similar. Yeah, probably. Uh, So let's get into this week's uh, news story a little bit. I don't have a ton of information on this. Really off off of a whim from one of our conversations, you sent me uh, an Instagram post and that AI has started to infiltrate the fast food market. And there's a McDonald's that's actually using AI now. So Tyler, what are your thoughts on this? Obviously, AI has been going towards the creative aspect of things and people have been using it for some aspects of their job. But now it looks like this is maybe one of the first steps in it taking over a real position. Yeah, it's really interesting because everyone's complaining that they aren't making enough money and they want to raise minimum wage. But the way I always, the way I see it is that McDonald's is a good entry level job to get your foot in the door, start learning, start making some money. So when you're in high school, you're in that low entry area, it's a good way for you to start building your resume, start learning, start, you know, just getting out into the real world. So it's, I, I don't know because people pay for convenience and that's what it's going to be. But it's at the same time, people want to have that human interaction. So it's like, are they going to support it because there's no humans there? That, but what I did read is that there is still like one or a couple of people still working to ensure everything's still going well and flowing. But there's not the amount that of a typical restaurant that's usually there. So I don't know. It's really interesting. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it is an entry-level position. I don't think there's going to be lifers that work at McDonald's. Um, that's I always think about that myself. It's like, do yeah, you want to raise minimum wage, but should we be you know, raising it? Obviously, I want people to have a salary that can support their life, but mm-hmm. how much should a McDonald's salary support a life? You know, it is one of those entry-level positions where it's high school kids, you know, college kids, uh, maybe see even some of the elderly that, you know, are retired and just want something to do. I don't know if it should support three kids and a full lifestyle where you want to travel. So I look at it that way in AI, it's never good that it's taking over jobs, but it just goes to show you some of these tasks are not incredibly important if AI or a robot can do it is kind of how I look at it. Yeah, I actually saw a video the other day where this kid made a robot out of Legos that solves a Rubik's Cube. I'm like, damn, yeah. I can't even solve one. I think that kid is <laughs> going to go places. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's what everyone in the comments was saying. It was pretty funny. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. Would you support a business that's fully automated? Like, It depends because McDonald's is based on convenience. It's quick get, quick in, quick out. And that's pretty much what this this one store, I think it was in Texas, is what it is. It's basically a takeout. So drive through or takeout. And then it just, you pull up, you order online, I think. And then you just, boom, pull in, grab your order, and you're good. So I don't know. Would you? I do like it for the bigger business models, like the big corporations like McDonald's, where speed is a factor where, okay, if I go to McDonald's, I want my food quick. That's the main reason I'm going there for it. It's not like I'm getting the healthiest food ever. Yeah. I will say that it's harder to support a business if there are less people behind it. So if 
you know, let's use yeah. my business, for example, if a lot of it was AI and there weren't a ton of people, it's hard <laughs> to be like, oh, yeah, I love those guys over at Ben and Creative Media. They're so fun to work with. Well, it's like, well, you're working with a bunch of robots. So the, on the small mm-hmm. business level, I still do like the person to person feel uh, the smaller vibe. I guess you could say I hate the word vibe, but we'll use it here compared to the bigger corporations that you don't really have that personal connection with. I don't have a personal connection yeah. with McDonald's. Awesome. Do whatever you need to. So that would be the difference. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. I don't, I haven't, I don't even know the last time I got McDonald's, but it seems that target audience, they probably don't care about it because a, I know the prices probably increases increased, but they're probably going there for the price a and B convenience speed for the kids. It, that's why they're going there. They're, they, they don't really care that it's not a human making the order that <laughs> they know probably they probably know the quality of the food there they just know it's quick it's fairly cheap and you know what exactly what you're getting every time yeah that's personally you know if i go to any fast food place i know exactly what i'm getting the price and i want it to be fast you know if i'm going to jersey mike's i want a number 10 or a number 12 or whatever it is <laughs> i know i can get it in under 7 yeah. minutes i don't care if a robot's making it or if a human's making it or what it is i just want my food so, yeah, I mean, I think yeah. it does come down to that. But if I go to, you know, I'm trying to think of another example. Uh, if, if I go to a wedding venue, right? Like, let's say I go to a wedding okay. venue. I want people to be there and have my experience be the best that it can be and make sure that my day is awesome. Or if I went yeah. and just a bunch of robots were doing stuff, that would feel yeah. a little bit different. That's I don't yeah. know if that's a great example, but. You got a road, robot bartender. You got robot waiter waiters and waitresses. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't feel... It doesn't feel like you want it to. Whereas the experiences and the things that you want to remember and be tied to and support, those might be a little bit more difficult for me to buy into the whole AI taking over the jobs. Yeah, I feel that. Cool. All right, well, let's move into this week's topic. Then we're going to be talking about managing stress, some burnout, some tactics we use, our thoughts on it in general. Uh, Tyler, have you ever fell victim to the old burnout game? Yeah, I, w- I would assume so. I don't know. I was trying to think about this and I think maybe just every now and then it's like, maybe it's like, I'll take a light day, but I it's rarely ever like a c- complete day off where I just sit there and do absolutely nothing. It, nothing. it just might be a light day and then it's like, I'm going to take a light day today and then tomorrow back at it. And then it that just continues and continues because I want to keep the momentum going and I just continually go and it's become habit for me to do all this stuff. So it's everything that I do is basically out of habit. It's not because I'm pushing myself. So it's just, I'm slowly like adding stuff on. So I don't know. What do you think? See, I think Have I'm you? down. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely suffered from burnout before where, you know, early on in my business journey, I'd work on a ton of stuff and then I didn't know how to cope with it. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm sick of making videos, sick of editing, whatever it is. Whereas now I have a little bit better of a process, but I would say I'm more in the standard viewpoint of it compared to you. Obviously, you know, like you said, you want to keep that momentum going. Whereas I like usually on Sundays, I'm still working on Sundays, filming podcasts and editing stuff. But Sundays I like to have is almost a reset day. I get the house in order. I get everything ready for the week. And that kind of jump starts me to get going back into things. So, you know, even if you're working Monday through Saturday, things can get long and drawn out. And if you're working nights, especially if it's not just generally nine to five, if you're working, you know, nine to nine, 
having that Sunday, like you called it, maybe a light day. I'm still doing a little bit of stuff, but I like to have that reset day to kind of jumpstart me into, into the next week. Yeah. I think it's a little bit different for you because you have a house and you got to take care of that for, <laughs> for me. I currently don't. Yeah. And I have the benefit of parents and they take care of cleaning the house. So yeah. for me, it's not as much as of a hassle there, but you know, you live with your circumstances. Yeah. And that's why, you know, you get a girlfriend around, hopefully she can do some of that. <laughs> uh, only joking, only joking. But yeah, I mean, I look at it as burnout comes with everything. And if you push yourself too hard, I think you're eventually going to run into that where is you might, you might hit one of these highs where it's like, I'm going to do everything I can and I'm going to work 16 hours. And then you do that for three days and it's like, Oh shit, I'm tired now. So I think if you can find a productive space that you can maintain, that's better than just going balls to the wall for as much as you can until you do end up burning out. You almost want to drag it out, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a good point to bring up that you want to figure out where's your point, where's your boiling point, I guess. You could call it where you can't work anymore It's or else you're going to get burnt out where you can consistently work this much, this many hours and you just can continually do it day after day after day. Whereas if you try and expand it to say 16 hours a day and you try and do that consistently, you're probably going to get burnt out after a certain amount of time. So it's figuring out that nice sweet spot that you can do where you can consistently do that for days, weeks, months, years. Yeah. And we're talking more so on the macro side of things where you might burn out after a hard two, three months. Right. And that, that comes from time to time. And then maybe you need to take a day or two off a break, a week, kind of reset, whatever it might be. But Tyler, let's talk about more so on the day-to-day basis. So the daily burnouts where you might work for three hours and then, you know, you hit a roadblock. What are some of the breaks that you like to take to, to break up almost the mini burnouts you get that might happen on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, what I started recently doing is I will go for walks or I will go for runs. But in the past, I think I might just like go and lay on the couch or I'll go and eat. But even before when I would go and eat, I would still bring my laptop with me. So I'd still be going. But at the same time, I'm not really. It's slower. So it's just stepping away and trying to do something else. And at the same time, I've also done working out. But... Now that I'm back in this grind, I'm starting to work out in the morning. I typically do like to start my days off with a nice workout and clear my mind there. So in the past, I have done in the midday workouts. But yeah, what about you? Yeah, I've started to implement walks. I don't usually do it during the middle of the day, but walking is a nice little breakup. And you can you can think and think about a lot of stuff when mm-hmm. you're on a walk. And that's, what's kind of nice. It's, yeah. it's almost like a free space to just get your thoughts out there. Uh, think about business stuff, life stuff, whatever it might be. So walks is a great, um, thing to break up that burnout workout. Like you said, is awesome. Uh, one thing I've started to implement is called the, uh, I don't even know how, per, how to pronounce Pomodoro. it. Pomodoro or Pomodoro, whatever it is. Pomodoro. I, I thought it was the Permadora or something and I was Googling <laughs> and I couldn't find it. But basically what that strategy is, is you set a timer and it's 25 minutes of whatever task that is. And then you take a five minute break. So started to implement that a little bit. I don't do it all the time, but when I am struggling to get a task done and I don't really want to do something, 
I set the timer for 25 minutes. I say, I'm going to work, not look at my phone, not look at anything else, only this task for 25 minutes. And then I take a five minute break, whatever it might be. If I want to grab a granola bar, if I want to go on my phone, whatever it might be. And then you do that four times over, which puts you at about two hours. And then you take a little bit longer break. So started to implement that a little bit. I am liking it here and there, but I don't, I don't use it a ton. Um, Tyler, have you tried any of those strategies before? Yeah, I have tried the Pomodoro technique, strategy, whatever you want to call it. You can look it up. It's I don't know if you have the correct spelling in here, but P-O-M-O-D-O-R-O. You can look it up. You can even go on YouTube. But basically, the reasoning behind why it's so effective is what it does is around 10 minutes of your work is where you hit your peak. And once you hit 10 minutes, you start to go down. So after that 25 minutes, you go outside for five minutes and you don't want to be on your phone. You want to just step away from what you're doing because you're kind of on a decline after that 10 minute mark and then go away, come back and then do it again for 25 minutes. And then you basically go for two hours and then you have that same increase up to 10 minutes. But I have done it in the past before, but what I've been noticing that I do recently is just, I get in a flow state and when I'm working on something, I just go. I just, it's, it's weird because how describing the Pomodoro technique and why, why it's supposed to work. We have that crash, but for me, whenever I just get in a flow state, I just want to do this and get it done. So have you found that's, that's typically what I do? Yeah, because the flow state, if you can get in that, man, it's like gold. It's freaking smooth yeah. as butter. Like you're accomplishing a lot. Definitely. You're just flowing. You even forget the time exists. Kind of in that before we started recording this podcast, I was doing uh, invoices and creating a bunch of documents and stuff. I was like, oh, shit, it's 415. But um, have you found any ways that you can get into that flow state or how do you go about that? It just happens. I think at the same time, I believe <laughs> I believe at the same time, <laughs> when you have a lot of tasks on your plate and you got to get a lot done, it's in your mind where I got to get shit done. So it's, I either got to, I'm either going to procrastinate, I'm going to get fucked later, or I can just get to work, get all this stuff done, get in that flow state. And it's not really something that I think about. It's just, I start working and I just keep going and going and going. It's like, okay, I'm going to go until I get this done. So yeah, it's just the thought of just keep going. I don't know. Do you have any? No, because I, I don't really even know how I get into the flow state either. It just kind of happens. Uh, energy yeah. drink, maybe <laughs> have an energy drink. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, oh, actually, I think one thing I know you do it, but putting your headphones on, putting on some lo-fi hip hop or something like that. I, I think you actually listen to music, but for me, it's like lo-fi hip hop and then just just blocking outside out. So it's like, noise canceling headphones i don't have sometimes i throw it on the tv throw some lo-fi on and then it's just yeah in the zone music helps a ton except when you're video editing then it's a little bit harder to do but when i am doing True. tasks that don't require me to listen to actual audio of what the task is i throw in some music for sure throw in the airpods and just throw on a podcast or throw on something that can be in the background and that does help get you into it if we pivot now going back to more so the macro if you're you know, maybe it's two, three, four days in a row where it's like, God, I'm struggling to get going. One thing that I've really found helps is to pick the small tasks, the thing you'd almost be able to check off of a checklist if you were to actually write these things down. Some of those things are, you know, make your bed, brush your teeth, shower, um, eat breakfast, those things that it's super easy to accomplish them. You have to do them anyways. 
that can get you into that flow state of accomplishing tasks. And then you can get into actually accomplishing those bigger tasks that you have set out for yourself that day, rather than waking up and getting right into the big thing. It looks daunting. It's scary. There's so much to do. Start with the small dominoes. And eventually you've seen those videos where it's like one thing and Mm -hmm. then you got huge dominoes. Mm -hmm. Start with that small thing. And that'll eventually get you going. What did, what did you call it earlier in the episode? Um, uh, momentum. You'll have the momentum to get into yeah. those uh, into those bigger tasks. Do you do anything like that when you're kind of in a rut? Um, do I do anything like that, or that I specifically? I, honestly, I I don't feel like I get in a rut very often. It's just I might just take a day off. Like it's well, not like day off, but like I'll take a light day and then. It's like, okay, this is going to be like my recharge day. And it honestly, I don't think it happens very often, but I might just have that recharge day. And because that sometimes talking, talking about the beginning of the episode, I might just have like a recharge day where I eat a bunch of pizza. So, so for the, it's just for the people that aren't superhuman like you, would you suggest (laughs) something like this? You know, Tyler, not everybody listened to the show just as a go, go, go. Yeah, I think I think that's a good strategy too. It there's two sides to it. It's like, do you have really big tasks to do, or do you have a lot of small tasks with like a few bigger tasks, and then your to do list just looks really big and you don't know how to tackle it? But I don't know if this is associated with burnout because where do you think burnout comes from? I think it comes from us being or working too long and we don't know our limits and we push ourselves past the limits. Like you were saying earlier, where do you think burnout comes from? Yeah, I think it's either too many things or too much mental exhaustion from those things. So maybe it's doing some of the tasks. One thing I like to do is do the harder things in the morning because I know my brain gets a little bit fried after it's the afternoon time. Whereas I save those tasks that, you know, I can throw a podcast or music on till the later half of the day because I don't have to think about it as much where I think if you have such mentally exhausting activities and tasks, that's when burnout can really amplify. Yeah. It's like swallow the frog. I was thinking about that this morning because I'm waking up really early and by the time it gets to like right now to bedtime, I don't feel like doing shit. And it's like, so should I block that time off in the morning to get an hour or two on my website in or should I not do that and put it off to later and then when later comes I'm tired and it's like I just want to go to bed so that's what I was actually thinking about this morning so I find it easier to swallow that frog I find it easier to negotiate with yourself later at like a time like now where it's like okay I'll just do the website stuff tomorrow whereas if you do that stuff in the morning if I do it tackle Mm -hmm. in the morning I'm like okay what stuff is I don't have this conversation with myself, but subconsciously, what stuff would be okay if it happened tomorrow? What stuff really needs to get done this morning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's prioritization. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I struggle with that because I knew I was coming on early today for work and I was like, should I try and get a few hours of the website in? But I just had a coffee, so <laughs> I'm going to hopefully grind after this for another hour or so, and then we'll hit the sheets. There you go. Because I, th- I feel like people can fall victim as far as doing a lot of tasks that feel like work 
And yeah. it's like, oh, I've been working all it's day today. Work. And I'm like, well, what did you really accomplish? You know, whereas if you can get those yeah. tasks early on in the day, the things that matter, the things that move the needle forward, it's okay to mm-hmm. take a break at the end of the day and avoid that burnout by doing those tasks that, you know, might not mean that much or can wait till next week, the low priority tasks. And this isn't necessarily the podcast episode, but how do you go about prioritization? Just the, Deadlines? just the things that almost the things that are stressing me out. I know you can't really measure that, uh, but if something that's like, man, I would feel much better if this was done. Those are the things I try to get done right away because the longer I push them off, the more I'm going to be stressed about it, worried about it. And then the other things that you might not think like they're all important, but the other things that are like, whatever, it can wait till tomorrow. That's when I put it off. But the things that are really stressful, heavy on the shoulders, that's what I'm like. I'm going to get that done today so I can stop thinking about it. How do you do that, though? Because a lot of those tasks are tough to do because you're like, oh, this is so stressful. I don't want to tackle it. I don't want to do that. So how do you beat that self-doubt or overcome that? I don't know what you want to call that, but how do you overcome that? Because that's something that you really don't want to do. Yeah. And it's it's more so, like I said, where you start with those small tasks, get you in a flow of accomplishing things. And then if it is a task, like let's say I got to edit for five hours, uh, it starts, it's a combination of the Pomodoro effect. Is that how you say it? Pomodoro effect? Let's just say the P effect. Let's not say that. Um, those, <laughs> Pomodoro technique. Yeah. The the small tasks to like make your bed, do all that stuff, you know, maybe get your day set up. That's another task I like to go through and time block my day or week or whatever it might be. Answer your emails and then do that technique into, okay, now let's, we got to get this edit done. Let's start going for it. So I think it starts with those smaller tasks to kind of get you into the, the mood of I'm, I'm accomplishing things here and then tackling it right away. Yeah. Just the habits, the discipline, the momentum that you've built up and it just snowballs into automatically doing it. Yeah. And it's not easy. I mean, none of this is like, oh, here's a technique and you'll automatically accomplish and avoid burnout. No, it's an ongoing thing you have to work with. But these are just some ways that can almost trick your brain into into accomplishing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tyler, you got a couple more things on your list here. You're more of the nutrition health guy than me. How have you felt that that has impacted your workload and being able to avoid burnout? I feel like I've never actually truly realized it because for X amount of years, I've been fueling my body properly. So I'd say 80 to 90% of the time, I'm typically fueling it right, which is drinking enough water, drinking a lot of water and eating properly. So not eating like junk food chips. Sometimes I do eat chips, like not eating like McDonald's or just all this junk food that you could be eating that's so easily available. It's a lot of whole foods, real food and that kind of stuff. And I feel like I've been doing it for so long that I don't realize what my body could be like if I were eating unhealthily, unhealthily. Is that even a fucking word? I think so. But (laughs) okay. So I feel like it's just, I've fueled my body so properly that it's able to work at a high level for a consistent period of time. So I don't know. I just feel like proper nutrition and water helps a lot to avoid burnout and avoid stress because it's helping with like your mental and 
physical, all, all those important aspects of your body. It's just another area that you can add on where if you have all of this stress and you're worried about this and you're going to burn out, adding now you have a shitty diet and you feel shitty and you're lethargic all the time is just going to make things worse. It's just going to compound it and make things feel worse for you. The things you're going to want to do are going to feel even harder than they should feel like you're doing. So I think it's just almost like an add on. That's just, it avoids the added stress. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think at the same time, like I said, I think it's tough for me to tell. It'd be interesting for me because I know there's supersize me where the guy eats all the McDonald's and he obviously puts on the weight. So it'd be interesting if I were to try that out for like a month or two, just to see how I feel if, my energy levels are lower if I am able to work at such a high pace and consistently do everything that I do. So it'd be interesting if I were to try that out to see how I would be able to perform. I think you should. That'd be a fun experiment. <laughs> yeah, maybe I will. You know, just eating donuts and pizza every day. I can't go wrong with that. I do it. It's a fun lifestyle. Uh, <laughs> Tyler, one of the other things we have on our list here that I really enjoy is getting a new environment. A lot of times you get stuck in the same rut sitting at the same desk, sitting in the same office, same building, whatever it might be, and you get into this, the flow state's good, but getting into the a bad flow state where it's like if everything feels so yeah. mundane, nothing's new, whereas getting a new place to work, whether you work from home and you can go to the kitchen or a bedroom or an office or a guest bedroom, whatever it might be, uh, or just going to a coffee shop. I think we've talked about that previously. Going to a new environment yeah. does almost unlock a new potential of excitement for doing these maybe mundane tasks or tasks you don't want to do. Yeah, I, I, I'm i just thinking about this, but I feel like it's more for desk type of jobs or remote type of jobs because if you're a blue-collar job where you lay cement, kind of tough to get in a new environment. Yeah. You're pretty much in a new environment every single day. But for us specifically where you do work remote or digitally, whatever you do, I'll say this, when... I was on my trip and I was working in Tampa, Minot, Seattle, wherever. I was that was some of the most productive I've ever been because I I was in a new environment and I was in Tampa specifically because I was always out in this courtyard and I just being around all those people, seeing everyone else working, it was more of an environment that I felt inclusive in and just seeing other people work as well whereas I'm by myself and I don't really see anyone else to work and I can't feed off of them. So you know what I mean? If you're able to feed off, like when I was with you, I'm able to feed off you working a little bit. Yeah. And it's good being around people, especially that's one thing where you work remote. So you're by yourself a lot of the day. I don't have any full-time employees, uh, part-time starting next week, but uh, not around a ton of people. So if you can get out there, coffee shops, bookstores, wherever it might be, co-working space, maybe I've never mm-hmm. had the chance to use yeah. one. Um, but those are options to change things up a little bit for you and almost put a wrench in your current mundane lifestyle that you're living. Yeah, exactly. And there was one other thing that maybe on stress, but it's focusing on what you can control because I think there's a good example of me when I was coming back to Minot after St. Louis, our plane had some issues and they had some mechanical people come out and they kicked everyone off the plane people were getting upset and it's like can't really control it so why get stressed over it so i understand that you might have another fight you might have to get to somewhere but it's something that's out of your control so it's just focusing on what you can control and if you can't control it 
Don't lose sleep over it. Don't get mad at it. And when you focus on one area of your life that you can control, it improves other areas of your life that you can't control. That's one conversation I've had a lot with friends and family about, you know, them dealing with stress or maybe they have anxiety. And a lot of it comes down to stuff that you, like you said, you can't control. You have no determining factor in the outcome. You can't change it for the better or for the worse. So it's like, why are you anxious about this? Why are you stressed? And I know anxiety is a real thing, but I tell them like, okay, well, if you can't change it, why does it matter? Whatever's going to happen is going to happen no matter what you do. So you might as well just continue living your life, not worrying about what the outcome is because whatever the outcome is, you'll find out when it happens and then you can deal with it then. So I do like that, that, you know, focus on what you can control. Um, There's not a whole lot. There's no reason to be upset about something if you literally have no physical way to change it. Yeah, I think another thing is with the news and just watching that where it just feeds you negative stuff. And then it's a lot of that stuff isn't in your control. And then you start thinking about it. You start having those types of thoughts and it becomes somewhat of your identity where you start thinking about it more and then you start looking for it and you start finding it more. Whereas if you're maybe finding more positive stuff or other stuff that is a better influence on your life, you're going to start finding more of that stuff. It's the example of say the car when you first buy a car and then all of a sudden you see it everywhere. It's It was there the whole time. You just never looked for it. But when you're seeing something or say, I'm stressed. You're going to look and you keep telling yourself, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. You're going to try and find stuff that is going to stress you out. Yeah. So you're going to be like, oh my God, my my monitor just unplugged. I'm so stressed because it just unplugged and now I have to... So it's just little things. Whereas if you don't say you're stressed, you're not going to be looking for that stuff. So those little inconveniences, you're not really going to pick up on it and be like, oh my God, that was such a stressful moment. Or yeah, I know it's... a bad example but it's if you're looking for it you're gonna find it so i just say try not to look for stress and say you're stressed or say you're unhappy say you're negative or whatever it is try and flip it to say oh i'm happy i am wealthy and then you'll start trying to <laughs> 20 <bill> on the <laughs> maybe not that um, maybe not that no i agree I, because there's times when you can be frustrated at something happening and then some other small inconvenience happens and now i'm uber frustrated and why is all this bad stuff happening to me but if you just move on from that first bad thing the things down the road aren't going to feel as crazy and ridiculous as they were if you were to just call them out as they happened that happened to me recently as far as the controlling what you control thing is when everyone was saying that the the whole bank collapse when svb collapsed and everything everyone's Mm -hmm. like you need to take your money out of the banks and the u.s dollar is going to collapse and i just thought to myself and had a conversation with a few people if the U.S. dollar collapses, like, I can't control that. What am I going to do? You know, everyone's screwed if it collapses. So I'm not going to stress about the U.S. dollar collapsing right now because it literally, it might affect my life, but I can't change the way that's going to affect my life. So I'm just going to let it happen. If the dollar collapses, then so be it. But it was baffling that yeah. people were like, oh, my gosh, what are you going to do? I'm like, literally nothing. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe it's just looking for opportunities it whereas if you flip your mindset and you're always look looking for abundance you're going to try and find opportunities there where other people are trying to see the negative aspects of it yeah. take my money out of the you're banks like, put it into my mattress <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it doesn't make any sense because if the dollar collapses 
then that money's worthless. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tyler, you got anything else on stress and burnout? Just don't be a bitch. Yeah. Get through it. <laughs> Unless you need a break day because not everyone's Tyler. If you need a day to just breathe, feel free to take that. Um, but also be poor because that's what's going to happen. Uh, business idea of the week. My turn, I believe. I assume this is out there already, but I wanted to kind of just spitball a little bit. And business automator. I was thinking about this here a couple weeks back, and there were a bunch of different ventures I was going down. You know, you have podcasts, you have business ideas, you have business partnerships. Whereas if there was some sort of service, and I don't want it to be a website, but some sort of one-on-one service where you can go to them and say, hey, here's the business. And then they pretty much get you set up and ready to go for a day one. Here it is. So things you can implement, whereas there would be some questions you'd have an initial meeting where this person would ask you how you want things to flow, the way you work. Uh, But basically, if we use, for example, you know, car washing business out of your garage, you'd go to someone and say, hey, I want to start a car washing business. They'd say, how many people do you need? Do you want an LLC? So they'd pretty much set up the LLC. They'd set up your website, your social media accounts. They'd create uh, videos for you on how to how all these things operate. Uh, They would get everything set up for you. And then you're ready to go to run the business. Now, the one caveat, I know you learn a lot doing those things, but I think for people that are maybe they already know, like in my instance, if I wanted to go start something tomorrow, it'd be nice if I had a turnkey solution like, hey, here's the projects management software that you're going to be using for this business. Uh, Here's your website set up how you wanted. Here's all your social media accounts. That would save so much time and maybe you pay a one-time fee and then you got everything ready to go. What's the difference between this and a franchise? This would be your own personalized businesses. So like you could bring Tyler's new business idea, whatever it is. Let's use Nuevo, for example. If you started this at the beginning and you said, hey, here's what I'm looking to do. Now, it might be limited to what services after. Maybe they only work with service-based businesses, whereas a franchise is already an established business. And you know, if I'm going to start a, a McDonald's, they have that ready to go, but it's almost a franchise for new business ideas. So I'd go and I'd say, you know, let's use Bunsen burgers, for example, a pod or a business idea. I pitched on the three dudes podcast where Bunsen burgers is a burger joint, but they make everything with Bunsen burners and everyone's in lab coats. Mm. Um, and you go and you say, Hey, here's my idea. Get everything ready for me. And they say, okay, we'll have it ready in a month. And then a month they come and they give you all these documents they give you everything and you're ready to go to start it. Do you think this would be similar to business incubators? Probably, but that's so much hands-on. Whereas I almost see it's like, it's someone that already has the knowledge that doesn't want to take the time to do it. It's a time saver. So are you going to like, what's the difference between say, going to a lawyer and then accountant and getting all that stuff signed up? Is it, what's the benefit to that person? Do that, do you pay that person? Do does he get equity in your business? How does that work? I think the benefit is it's one hub. So if you go the traditional route, you have to go all these different places. I got to go to a lawyer to get the LLC. I got to go to an accountant to get all the tax stuff ready. So you have to go to all these different places. Uh, And then as far as the monetary structure goes, one, I think they could have two different options where it's like, hey, uh, we will do this for maybe X amount of dollars. And then it's a flat fee. You pay it, you're done. Or you could do, we'll do it for X amount of dollars plus this equity if you want to cheap out a little bit. Um, but you, the person starting this business would have to decide, you know, are these businesses worth the equity? Right. 
but maybe it's an investor model where if, you know, someone wanted to start a car wrapping business here in Minot, it might not be a million dollar business, but if I can buy into a $125,000 business a year and I get 10% of it, okay, now you're getting 12 and a half K a year. And let's say you, you know, you grow this business where you're starting multiple different businesses. You have 10% in all of them. You have 5% in all of them. It's just a recurring revenue model until they buy you out. Yeah, it's not bad. It just seems quite a bit like a business incubator. So yeah, I do think it's decent or it's just all. I feel like business incubator is, is you have to be a lot more hands-on like classes though, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's more so you're doing everything. So in your sense, you're you're still you'd still be doing everything. You're just not doing the startup aspects of it. So it's like, okay, we'll start the business and then we're gonna hand it off to you and we'll transfer ownership or whatever. Or yeah. We won't even have ownership. You just you maybe it's like pay us to to start everything. So we'll do everything for you to get it started. This is the checklist of everything that you want for us to get started. We want a website. We want a social media account with Facebook and Instagram. We want these domains. We want this. And then it's LLC. And then they just go. And if they ever have to spend money, it's like, hey, we got to spend this. We got to spend this. And then they just come back and it's like, here you go. All ready to go. Just need you to sign here on the dotted line and then pay whatever the fee is, or maybe it's like a monthly fee, or maybe it's a stock or equity ownership. Yeah, that's how I'd like it. You know, if I was going to go start a business tomorrow, I could say, they're like, hey, we'll do this for $2,000. You'll get a website, your domain, all the social handles be set up. You'll have your LLC set up. Here's your project management software. Here's your emails. Here's all your storage device. Here's your communication. $2,000 will be done in a month. I'm like, awesome. Here it is month later, I got everything ready to go. Whereas, you know, an incubator might be more so like them coaching you and teaching you through, okay, well, this is why we're going to start this. And this is how you want to do this, where it's more of a consultant, where this is like a turnkey, do this for me, and then I'll be done with the business. Well, according to Google, business incubators are organizations and programs that give very early stage companies access to mentorship, investors, startup funding, shared office space, and technical resources to help them get established. Yeah. So I don't need the mentor shit. I just need to hand it to you, tell me, tell you what my idea is, and you tackle it from there. Perfect. Tyler, anything else on uh, stress, burnout, business automator updates on the business? Nope, I think that's everything. Do you have anything? Nope. Uh, I think uh, back to the first virtual episode wasn't bad. I thought this episode was pretty good, especially being back to virtual, getting mm-hmm. back to used to that. But yeah, get back in mm-hmm. the flow of things and yeah. get going. So, Yes, sir. Cool. That's episode 37 of The Midnight Entrepreneur. If you have any question to, questions you'd like us to cover or answer, you can email us at themidnightentrepreneur at gmail.com. If you found value in this content or found this entertaining, share this with a friend or post it on your story. If you really enjoyed the show, we'd love a rating and review on wherever you're listening. If you'd like to join the Discord, shoot us a message where we will talk about business questions, business wins, anything we can answer for you. Shoot us a message there. Talk to you guys next week for another episode of The Midnight Entrepreneur. It's a lot more than mind over matter. It takes relentless self-discipline to schedule suffering into your day every day. David Goggins. 